Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Welcome to This Song, the podcast that asks artists to talk about important songs in their lives. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and here at This Song, we hold that, yes, songs are important. They can be way more than just entertainment, way more than art even. Some songs, well, they just snatch you up and put you down on a path that you didn't even know was there. And those are the songs we want to hear about. In this episode, I sat down with most of the members of Crooks, an Austin band that plays this really compelling mix of roots and specifically Texas music. It's country mixed with conjunto. There are interweaving guitar, trumpet, and accordion parts. And it's all played with this reckless abandon. They came into Studio 1A to promote the release party for their new record, Wildfire, and afterwards I sat down and got to interview most of the members about songs that changed them in some way. I got to talk to everyone except Joey, the bassist who had to go to work. That's my second bassist miss, by the way. I lost the audio to my conversation with bassist Brad Fordham in the last episode of this song with Brennan Lee and Noel McKay and Lisa Pankratz, and I think I'm going to have to have an episode devoted two bass players talking about music. And in fact, I think I will do that. But first, on to Crooks. I interviewed guitarist Ryan Goble first, who actually had a surprising choice. Um, he's a country guitar player, but he did not choose a country song. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Goble. I'm sitting here with Ryan Goble in Studio 1A. Ryan is the guitar player in Crooks. And yes. Ryan... Do you have an important song that you want to tell us about? Yes, I do. The year was 2000. I was 13 or 14 years old, about to enter high school. Mm -hmm. And I would like to start by saying that in my mind, this was the worst era in music history. It was like, like after ever. grunge. I mean, for me, since I've been alive, okay? And I was like, I remember being actually depressed by how bad music was and but that's also because i only knew what was on the radio so it was like the boy band era and then like limp biscuit and kid rock and all that stuff was really huge and it was you know like post nirvana and then like kind of pre me being old enough to discover my own music okay so i think my brother played this song for me but it's called only for the week and it's by a band called in flames it's a metal band out of sweden And it was the first time in my life that I found something that like wasn't on the radio and realized that there is good music going on. It might just not, you know, it's not shown to you. You have to go find it. Right. So that was so when you're 13, you're really radio dependent. You Absolutely. Really you know, like, like whatever they want you to hear is what you hear. 
And this was like that first moment where it was like, hey, you can go out and you can find bands. You can have favorite bands that maybe nobody's ever heard of or, you know, like in your hometown. And you can find these cool bands that you can get behind and like go see them in small venues and stuff instead of going to like for us, the Frank Irwin Center or something, you know. Right on. And do you remember how it made you feel at the time? So epic because it was also like my intro to metal, too. So. You know, like, I had heard a couple Pantera songs. I was late to the game on that, but, like, that was my first, like, oh, this is the coolest genre of music I've ever heard. Were you playing guitar? Yeah, I was playing guitar. So I was like, I'd started playing guitar when I was like 10 years old and then quit until I was 14. So I just picked it up again. So like instead of just playing Nirvana and Green Day songs or something, it was like, oh, this metal stuff is really cool. And it's really hard to do. You know, it's an yeah. intricate medium of guitar for sure. And so did you start playing like in a metal band? After no, that? I mean, I, of course, eventually I did. I was um pretty... Uh, I was a, you know, a bedroom guitar player for years and years and years and years. And like, you know, for the senior talent show, me and my friend Matt had a band called the Matt and Ryan Band, which is just like two acoustic guitars and kind of Dave Matthews-ish, which is a little embarrassing, but it's true and I stand by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But I mean, after that, you know, like once I sort of graduated from the, you know, being a house musician I guess you know not not in the term that it's used now but like only playing in my house or garage yeah I mean rock and metal was like my first outlet of being in a band do you still try to like bring that epicness of flames when you play yeah I mean we like uh, our bass player Joey has a, a metal side too and we um you know like there's I don't know, metal music is so epic. And like for us to have trumpets and accordions, we can have like these really epic bridge parts that are sort of based in metal and or classical music. But, you know, since it's not just chugging and screaming, it doesn't sound as heavy as it would with a metal band. You yeah, know? you guys are a pretty epic yes, band. Yes, yeah, definitely. we do have epic parts, yes. Yes, definitely. Well, and yeah, we derive from, from those bands too, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate really appreciate it. it. You know, I was surprised at first when Ryan chose a song from a Swedish metal band, but then when you listen to this Crook song, Fork in the Road, I I can hear it. You can hear that epicness that he's talking about in that intro. It just kind of comes at you. Next up, we have the utility guy, Doug Day. Uh, A utility musician is the guy in the band who can play anything, and Doug does play anything. Percussion, trumpet, I think he plays guitar, and we're about to hear about the song that really inspired him to become that kind of player. So I'm here with Doug, and Doug is the percussion slash trumpet player in right. Crooks. Yes. And so what is a song that you find important? Well, uh, it, in, in my life as, a, as I guess, a person and a musician, one of the songs that really kind of turned a corner for me mm-hmm. was a deep cut off of Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins called Mayonnaise. And uh, I think 
it might have been because of why I came across or when I came across that song. I would say it was 1993, I think. Uh, I was 13, 12, 13 years old, and uh, it's kind of when I started to you know, start forming your own opinions, start having more complex emotions and things like that. And I think for that that particular song, even though even though I wasn't maybe mature enough to identify the words or whatever, it, uh, I, I've always been more of a music person first before mm -hmm. lyrics. But uh, that song really gripped me. And it was one of those ones I had to listen to over and over. When it, it, As soon as it was done and fading out, I wanted to start it over again. You know, you put it on repeat on that I kind of saw a song player. you fall down a hole with a little bit. It's like, oh. that's the only thing I really want to listen to right yeah, now. And yeah, and maybe you get a little too tunnel vision on it. It was one of those songs for me. Um, and that record in general I really colored what I thought music was supposed to be, at least at the time. Uh, there's a whole lot of good stuff on that record. Cool. So, I mean... So you're 13 and you're listening to this Siamese Dream record and you hear mayonnaise and all of a sudden you just get like hooked on it. Was Did it make you feel like a certain way or differently than other songs on that record? Uh, I I think it it was a, it's a sadder song, a slower song and kind of like with wailing vocals and things like that. And and right there at the, at the being a burgeoning teenager, I think you start to get some of that angst in you and like nobody in the world knows what I feel like, you know, but this guy does. And uh, kind of, I just really identified it and hooked onto it. Like so much so, I think it might have really changed the path of me for music because. Uh, at the time, I had a, a one like a snare drum that I found, my dad's snare drum. I found it in the attic, and I wanted to learn how to play the drums to it. So I, I did. I learned how to play the drums to that song, and then after that, I picked up a guitar, and I wanted to know how to play the guitar for that song, you know, and, and then sing along to it, and it just kind of got me into that, that mindset of like, hey, you know, I could play, I could kind of branch out and, and learn a lot of different instruments, you know. Was it the first time that you'd ever heard a song where you were like, I really want to learn how to play that song like, it was, and it, I think that I am capable of playing the song it was like, the first one I wanted to copy for sure and and learn how how's he doing that how's he making that sound how does the drummer make that that hi-hat sound open and close just that way or that particular thing or what's the coordination between his feet and his hands and uh, it made me want to figure all of that stuff out and your dad is a drummer or was uh, a drummer he, he, it's funny enough, he played drums in, in high school, and he also played trumpet, and so did I. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I was necessarily following that path. I think that um, I just happened to find this instrument, and it, it, it was part of me after, you know, shortly after that. And did you go to him and say, like, hey, I need a little help, I can't quite figure this out? Or was it more just, like, that thing that you do where you just kind of dive into the instrument and start to figure it out all on your own and do epic woodshedding. Well, I don't think that my dad will be offended uh, if he hears me say this, but um, he, while he loves music and, and uh, appreciates every, every genre that there is out there, he, he's not so much geared towards playing it. I think it was an interest of his that he kind of, that kind of passed him by and he still had some of the parts and pieces, the actual physical, um, musical instruments, but he, he's he's more of a mechanical mind. He loves taking things apart, putting them together, these kinds of things, and um, which it, is a real similar to thing to thing to like getting a song and breaking it down exactly. and saying like this is how this drum fill was executed or this is how this guitar chord 
you know, you get this particular guitar sound when you do this on the guitar. Yeah. Sure. And I'm, I'm glad that I, I might have inherited those types of things, that mindset from him. Uh, but I just applied it to a different place. Right on. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So without without mayonnaise, maybe you wouldn't be the kind of musician that you are? Today. Maybe not. Maybe I would, uh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be a musician at all. Maybe I would only kind of have, have ended up specializing in, in one thing instead of kind of branching out and trying to trying to be a jack of all trades and a master of none kind of thing, yeah. you know? Uh, so, it, in my opinion, uh, that, that was a turning point. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Sometimes a song is so good that you just want to learn how to play it. And for Doug, Mayonnaise was so good that he wanted to learn how to play every part of it. And below me, you can hear the Crook song coming around again. And you can hear Doug trading licks with Anthony Ortiz Jr., who is the accordion player. And we're about to hear from Anthony about a song that he learned to play as a kid, but he's still brings the influence of that song to his playing in Crooks today. So ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Ortiz Jr. When I was about nine years old and I was still 10 years old, I was starting to learn how to play music. Uh, my dad and my mom bought me an accordion. And I remember to this day, the very first song, and I still remember how to play it from the very right to now, it was called Las Nuvas, which is by Little Joe and La Familia. Ya todo se me acabó, no me puedo resistir. Si voy a seguir sufriendo mejor quisiera... Now that was the first song I ever learned and heard, um, learning how to play accordion. And uh, so I was, that was, it was fun playing that and I started branching on some more technical accordion music. And the one song that always get that my favorite song I love playing all the time, no matter where I'm at, I listen to it all the time. It's a song called Atota Nirko. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's, it's, a, it's an accordion polka. It's a it's just an instrumental. Okay. And it was made famous by uh, the accordionist Tony De La Rosa. Mm-hmm. And it's played by any and every accordion player who plays Spanish music. They'll know it as soon as you say it. song all the way up even to now even with crooks i just i was just telling them earlier in the green room i don't i don't think they knew but the intro to one of our songs uh bending rules i actually do a little bit of a riff a solo deal before we start the actual song and it's that song so i found it pretty cool to be able to incorporate something that i really love and grew up doing into what i love doing now yeah and it was what is it about as opposed to like all the other songs that you played that really kind of like uh, gotcha. I would say that the, being able the technical part of the, the song, mm-hmm. because every accordion player plays different. They add their own little flavor into their song, the how their, their technique, how they play it, and so that's one of the, the few songs where you can change it up a, a bit to make it your own. Oh, okay. it's the same melody, but you can change up how you how you play it. You can add your own little spices to it. You could t- you know add a little more extra notes. 
a little more, you know, technique into it. it just it, is it written in such a way where there's like space to add or take away stuff? Yes, yes, there is. It, okay. It's written in a way where you can add more notes or more. I would call it more licks. Mm-hmm. You know, I you, you can make it sound your the way you want it to sound. It. And is that the way it's typically played by the recording players? Where like yeah, everybody yeah. You'll, takes you'll it hear, and does you'll their hear, own. You'll hear the standard melody of it. You'll recognize it right away, but everybody will have their own version of it. And do you the, think the melody is in some way like more compelling than other, like say, polka melodies? Yes, yes, it stands out very, very well. It's a very powerful song. powerful it's very technical it makes you want to dance every time you hear it so that's the thing it makes you want to dance like it's totally yes dead. every time you hear it you, you want to dance and if you ever notice when i'm playing the song i'm always rocking out and doing my thing yeah it's, it's just my it's my favorite song to play that's excellent and we go. are you always trying to bring a little bit of a totoniko into it you're playing yes, like yes. even if you're I, not copying the licks just I, like that I, feeling of I like i take that feel that feeling of the of the of the spanish accordion player a conjunto accordion player cuz that's what i am that's what i grew up doing and i i try to incorporate that same style of like the song the style that is played into other songs that we do such as our single fork in the road is very very there's a lot of accordion in there there's a lot of fast technical licks in there that i i i that are influenced by that kind of song like a tortonico Excellent, right on. And what did what is it? Tor- How do you spell, say it again? To- a, a totonirco. I, and a I apologize for the Spanish speakers <laughs> out there because I'm probably saying that wrong. What is it? Do you know what it means? <laughs> I, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm probably wrong, but I, I think it's a city in Mexico. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear the song now. I feel like it's like I'm in for something really it's, exciting. It, if you find the original by Tony Rosa, it's gonna sound real old and you're gonna love it. It's great stuff. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Right on. Atotonilco is a great song, and you can hear that influence that Anthony brings to Crooks via Atotonilco in the accordion solo below me from Fork in the Road. It's technical. For sure, but it's also very danceable. And speaking of danceable, we're going to hear from drummer Joey Bybee about a song that encapsulates the joy of pure groove for him. So so do you have a song that kind of like is transformational in some way for you? Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier and it's... uh... I, I have like eras of music that I that I grew up on. Um, just to preface it a little bit, my my grandfather, both my grandfathers were they were born in the 20s, grew up in the 30s, and were in World War II. So I had that whole jazz swing, that whole thing. You know, my parents were working nonstop when I was younger, and I was you know with my grandparents a lot. So the whole jazz thing and all that was like super influential on my life. <laughs> And then, but it moved into even more than that because, like, my dad's brothers were older than him and they were both in Vietnam. So they're listening to the whole, like, 60s and 70s, like, you know, the real grungy, I wouldn't say grungy, but the real dirty, you know, like, southern music. Sometimes. 
But anyways, on that, all of that music kind of led me into like really love the song uh, Suzy Q by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, really? Because there's just something about that, that, you know, that like really driven, like. The reason why I like it the most is because it makes you dance, like it makes you want to kind of move and groove and everything, and uh, being a drummer and um, listening to, I listen to the feel of the music, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, that song is so simple and so, it's just a feel, that's all it is, you know what I mean? And it just makes you feel really good and it's like, it's a, he's just telling a girl that he loves her and with a really kind of sexy groove to it. It is I mean? really lyrically very simple. Yeah, like, and the music, There's not much yeah. lyrically to it. Yeah, it's just a groove, man, and it's it just, it's groovy. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were when you heard Suzuki for the first time? Uh, I mean, it could have been anywhere from the day I was born to 15 years old. I mean, it was always playing around the house, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just that, that feel, you know, like that dirty, swampy, southern... That's what you're trying to bring when you play with crooks, then. That's, is that the, like, give that feel, that kind of, like, dirty... Absolutely. Southern, yeah, like yeah. Crooks, all groove. Crooks does a lot of dance music, a lot of grooves, and like they have a lot of like uh, mariachi kind of like dance grooves and stuff. And uh, kind of what I was getting at earlier is that like music is is a, I don't really listen to just every one thing. I kind of take everything into account, and uh, I, I just like to move. So I look I look at playing drums kind of like dancing, if that makes any sense. Like when you started playing drums, was that one of the songs that you like? tried to figure out I think at some emulate? point I did yeah because it was so easy you know what I mean like it was just so easy and simple and all of that song is just layers you know they, they took as the least amount of colors as possible and made something really beautiful out of something really small I think you know what I mean like yeah keep it simple is kind of like my favorite thing you know it doesn't have to be crazy fancy exciting even though that stuff is cool you know I mean you can keep it really simple and still make a good feel out of a song and I think in roots music that is what Absolutely. you're always going for. You're Absolutely. always going for, yeah. you know, the feel. So Yeah, just create a feel, create a vibe and an and, and atmosphere, which is what we do on a lot of our songs now, Crooks does. Uh, it's just atmospheric sounds, you know, that just blend together really well and sounds beautiful. Yeah. And I wish this had been in video because when you started, like, do like explaining how Suzy Q felt like your oh, whole yeah. body, oh, like, got, got into it, your shoulders lifted, you started <laughs> dancing. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I want to. I want music to make me move. I want it to make me dance. To make me feel an emotion that that you. I don't know. I think for that three and a half to five minutes that you have a song for, however long you have, you should capture an emotion and make somebody feel something. And and it's and people don't always talk about like when you talk about feeling. I mean, there's a lyrics can make you feel a certain way. Like a good mm -hmm. lyric can make you feel a certain way. A good melody, absolutely. You know, can make you feel a certain way. But rhythm. In some ways, it's like the most basic of all totally. music, and it's it been gets around, into you like yeah. in a very like bodily way. So. Yeah, I could get into really weird stuff and say that everything's vibrating, but I mean, there's vibrations. It is everything's yeah. vibrating. Yeah. There's yeah. vibrations everywhere, and you know, I mean, people have been playing rhythm since that. I mean, since humans were a thing, you know. What since I mean? you so could like, clap your hands together, man. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you would dance to it, you know. So I think that's that's why I picked that song because it's just it's just vibrations. It's really cool. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate right it. Right on. Thank Thanks.
you know, Joey talks about creating an atmosphere, and I think Crooks really accomplishes that. Um, on this track, New Mexico, it has a real vibe, but it also really makes you want to move. You know, we're all just vibrations. And finally, I talked to frontman Josh Mazer about a song that set the bar for him as a vocalist. Um, not necessarily technically, but in the more, I think, important way of um, emotionally. Okay, I'm here with Josh Mazer, and uh, he is the lead singer of Crooks. Yep. And he's got a song that he is going to tell us I about. had to, it was really, I'm just going to pick a song from a record, because it's really the whole record. You can talk about the whole record. Yeah, uh... Well, the record is Nirvana Unplugged. Oh, um, the MTV Unplugged? Yeah. And uh, What You Know was a live record, so you know, I guess it's debatable whether it's actually a record. But anyways... Um, live but, records are records, Yeah, right? okay. It was you know, a TV performance yeah, or something, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I think... I mean, I love every song on there. If I had to choose one maybe to apply to this conversation, I think the, the closing song, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, the Lead Belly song. Oh. The cover they did was really good. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me when did you sleep last night? In the plants, in the plants, where the sun don't ever shine. I would shiver the whole night through. Um, and I, th- I think. Those songs, I'm 33 now, so when that came out, I was pretty young. You know, I was still in middle school or whatever. But I just gotten into music. <clears throat> I got in. My neighbor gave me a Nevermind tape, uh, and then I, I was like, "Holy crap, what is this?" You I know. know was, I was. I'm 38, so I mean, I think we all had the same experience yeah. of being like, "Yeah, mine was blown, exploded. totally blown." Yeah. And uh, I learned how to play guitar really terribly after that record. You know, I'm still was it inspired guitar. by Nevermind? You, yeah, is that the whole reason you got into music. Guitar? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Cool. And, um, but then, you know, so then, uh, Unplugged in New York, you know, that came out and, uh, songs like Where Did You Sleep Last Night are important to me because, uh, I still feel the same way about them as I did back then. Uh, like his voice, the way he sang, like the emotion that was, that he could convey in his voice is unreal. It's like, uh, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it sometimes, you know, um, and very, you know, very few people can actually do that. My favorite songwriters can all do that. You know, it's Towns Van Zant and like Hank Williams and Kurt Cobain are all. They all have that same unreal power to do that. But um, yeah, you know, like "Where Did You Sleep Last Night" is a great example of it. It's just a beautiful song. You know, written by Lead Belly and. Uh, and had you had any experience of Lead Belly before? No, you heard that no, song? and that like... record is really important because it got me into. Uh, you know, songwriting. I started actually caring about songwriting versus just three power chords, you know, and, and I think it's funny people ask, like, you know, what's one of the bigger influences for, you know, I'm in a country band and it's Nirvana. Yeah, well, um, I mean, but how did, like, so do you remember how you kind of felt when you're in middle school and you hear, you've heard Nirvana mm-hmm. and you've kind of had your mind blown by elec- electric Nirvana yeah, for, yeah. for lack of a better totally, awful yeah. term, but like, and then Kurt Cobain comes and he sits down with just a guitar and he sings Where Did You Sleep Last Night and do you remember how that made you feel as opposed to like how listening to Nevermind made you feel? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Nevermind is obviously like, yeah, we're all angsty, you know, we hate school and our parents and stuff like that.
and that's cool, man. You know, we're all gonna feel like that. Uh, and then it was the exact opposite. Is you know, it's uh, for unplugged. It was just like really beautiful, and like, okay, I'm not so mad. Right. Maybe I'm actually really sad. I maybe, don't know what it is. Maybe but... underneath all this anger is yeah. a sadness, really. <laughs> Why am I so sad? <laughs> it's so good. Um, but it affected me. You know, like I said, I'm you know, 30, going on 34 now, and I, I still feel the exact same way every time I hear that. You know? And, and when, you, when you write songs or when you perform, are you trying to maybe not put, all, put across the sadness, but put across that, like, conveying emotion yeah absolutely the, and that actually that's why it's important to me it's because he set the bar so high of like how you know how good you can be at doing that you know like conveying your emotions to uh, an audience by you know using your voice um and that's all it is i think about it all the time it's i'll never reach that obviously but um it's really important to me. it's like one of the most important things you know for for me being a vocalist is if i'm being playful to let people understand that i'm being playful or if a song means a lot to me i want i want to convey that you know in a way that People maybe don't want to. They don't want to be talking to the person next to them. They're like, "Holy crap! I need to listen to what this guy's doing right now." You know. Yeah. And as a um, songwriter, is there ever has there ever been like your Nirvana unplugged or your Where Did You Sleep Last Night song where you thought like, "I think I'm trying to approach <laughs> approach that particular kind of like feeling or yeah. experience." Um. No, you know we haven't really had one of those yet. We're such a big band, and there's so much. You know, we since we tour a lot, people always want to have they they you know it's always the upbeat songs. You know, you want to keep the energy going and stuff like that. So, I think if if we were to sit down and have one of those shows, it would be a totally different band. You know, right? Those moments are kind of more for me personally. I feel like you know if I were to go just play a song for people by myself, you know. But anyways, yeah. So that recommend a lot, and I think it's exemplified in Where Did You Sleep Last Night. Excellent. Well, yeah. I um I mean I'm totally familiar with that record, but I can't say that I can like. Recall he takes like his a, lead belly the last cut. breath, like uh, the last line of the song. He like looks up and takes a huge breath, and then just lets this note ring, and it just lasts forever. And you can see like his eyes are closed the whole time he's singing. And he takes a breath and he opens his eyes, and he says like uh, this last word, and it just goes on forever. And uh, there's like so much soul in that; it's it's unbelievable. Awesome. <laughs> I can see it right now, just thinking about <laughs> it. So. Right on. Well, I feel like I said it's cool to do all these interviews because now I get to go listen to the song and like yeah, find that moment and totally. experience it. Too. Well, I hope you enjoyed as much as I. Did. I bet I will. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, thanks so much. insane moment that's an insane note and um yeah i feel the pain and i'd forgotten about nirvana unplugged really but it's definitely worth a re-listen so thank you josh and there it is crooks and what i loved about interviewing most of the band except for the bassist um is that you really get a sense of where crooks as a band is coming from they play Americana music, but the influences they bring to the table are totally diverse. And I think that's why they're a fun band to listen to and a really great band to see live. And speaking of seeing them live, they are going on tour to promote their new record, Wildfire. So 
check out their site, crookscountry.com. And hey, they may be coming to your town and you could see them and feel it. And that's it. We've come to the end of yet another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 Austin. This episode was produced and edited by myself, Elizabeth McQueen, with help from David Sanger. The interviews were recorded by Cliff Hargrove. Special thanks to Peter Babb, who books all the bands in Studio 1A. And we have about, I think, 300 who come through every year and who hooked me up with Josh and the boys. Our theme song is Mahoot by Austin's own hardproof Afrobeat. You can email us at thissong at kutx.org or tweet us at thissong, KUTX Crooks are actually the KUTX Artist of the Month for July 2015. Every month we feature a different Austin band as an Artist of the Month and we do all kinds of features on them for that month. We have them come into Studio NA. We have them do a guest DJ set as part of the My KUTX series and we do a song of the day for them and an Austin Music Minute and I'll have links to all of those on the This Song page for this episode on the KUTX website and also just so you know the song of the day the Austin Music Minute and this podcast this song they're all podcasts and you can download them all from the KUTX website or subscribe to them on iTunes and if you like any of these podcasts we would love a review or a rating on iTunes. We're not too proud to ask. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening, and hey, I'll talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained Live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.